Tough 31 Reaction Show, episode number eight. Team Chandler's plans for a clean sweep are soiled by Rico DeShulo, and it was a very tough night for Team Chandler as we took our first loss. Then, Connor decides to celebrate by trying to fight my entire team. Hear my thoughts on that. Then, we have to go into deliberation with Dana. Do I decide to lie to him in order to get the most favorable matchups for my guys to get a contract? Hear my thoughts as I break it all down with a long-haired son of a sinner, a loser who became a winner. Those are his words, not mine. I break it all down with the man who was on a rocket ship to the top, Jelly Roll. Bruce, hit him with the intro. Ladies, Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, it's time! The Ultimate Fighter Season 31 Reaction Show brought to you by Carshield. Hosted by Michael that's right ladies and gentlemen you heard the man bruce buffer this is the tough 31 reaction show episode eight hosted by yours truly michael chandler and brought to you by car shield thank you all so much for tuning in week after week the response thus far has been awesome uh let's go through what we do every single week thus far go through our giveaway winner connor who's our who's our winner for episode number eight this week, we've got Joe Breen. Joe Breen from, you say Connecticut? Yeah, from Connecticut. Joe Breen from Connecticut, which is fitting because we got Rico DeShulo fighting this week uh, from up in Boston. But for the all who don't know, the link is here in YouTube, in the description, also in the show notes on all the streaming platforms. What it is, is my favorite book of all time, As a Man Thinketh, a signed copy that we'll be shipping out to Joe and the other seven winners uh, with a bookmark inside of it of myself on a Panini card. So not a bad little bookmark, not a bad little prize. Thank you all so much for tuning in every weekend or every week and uh, being a part of the giveaway. giveaway. Now, let's get into episode eight. But with me today is a phenomenal talent, a phenomenal man, a great friend of mine, CMT Breakthrough Artist of the Year, CMT Video, uh, Male Video of the Year, a loser who just keeps on winning, a long-haired son of a sinner, yeah. my man, Jelly yeah, Roll. Baby, what is yeah. up there? Love you, brother. Thanks Dude, for hey, having me, man. That, that acceptance speech, like I said, man, we, we said, hey, the losers won tonight, the man. The losers I, win, gave baby. gave me chills, dude. It was so... <laughs> It was so good, man. Just getting getting to know you, watching. I mean, right now is has got to be absolutely ridiculous for you. So, so for everybody who know, sh should know, right now is probably the craziest time of your life, as it should be. And yeah. you bless me with you your hour or two to sit here and do this. So thank Stop you. Stop it. You're humble. What Mike's not. What, what Mr. Chandler's not telling you is I requested this. I was like, yo. <laughs> You got Ernest on this thing? I haven't got a call. <laughs> Ernest, one of my best friends, so I, it's like a, I take it personal when Ernest does something I don't. So and I'm here. like, oh, how did Ernest do this? And I didn't do it. You're here, so. bro. And I'm very, very happy to have you, dude. Oh, and man, especially hey, on uh, episode eight, which was uh, kind of a tough one for Team Chandler, mm. dude. We were 7-0, and going for the clean sweep. <sighs> and then my man, Hunter Azure. Um, you know, Rico went out there and did, did what he needed to do. So it was a, a tough, a tough episode for team Chandler. I mean, the amount of people that I've met over the last eight weeks or so, like, Hey, give me some inside information. Did you sweep them? Did you win every single fight? And in the back of my mind, I'm like, God, I wish I could say yes. Dude, I don't want to jump to the end of the episode <laughs> early, but when you said this brought the human element to the show for you, mm. 
it was like it reminds you that life is going to happen. Yep. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I, I, I hate to make a teachable lesson out of it, but it's, you know, it's like the epitome of like life's going to life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Life's going to life, life just life and dude. Life you know is going to life you. Yeah. Well, especially in this sport, but even just in life in general, it's like, hey, never, ever get too comfortable with what right. is, you know, working. You know, like mm-hmm. it, you could be knocked off your horse at any any given moment, man. The rent is due every single day. Right. I, I think what I said was. We just got so used to watching the boys in red just keep on dominating, getting their hand raised, and then all of a sudden, boom, it brings you back down to holy cow. I think Hunter even got comfortable in the beginning of that second round. He he just had such an incredible first round mm-hmm. that you could just tell he was a little more like, ah, you know, he wasn't as eager to push the pace. In the first round, he tried to tie it up immediately. Yeah. And he left just enough room for here. Now, first of all, let me, is this my camera? <laughs> yes, your this camera. This my camera. I want to make sure I get something here, y'all. Listen, I am a... A musician, a father, I'm the furthest thing from an athlete ever, I drink, and I'm an obese person. I have no right to sit here and judge anybody's <laughs> athlete. That's one thing I thought about when I walked in here. I was like, I can't believe I have the audacity to talk about <laughs> other people's <laughs> athletic stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I want to do a podcast talking about other people's workout ethic. Yeah. But um, from my super amateur view, it looked like he kind of felt like that he wasn't in danger. Yeah. You know, that he kind of lost sight of that moment of danger because, boy, he looked like an absolute killer in the, the first, first round for sure <laughs> well and we can do that man that can happen to you man we we get so desensitized as fans whether you're watching a fight or even us watching our teammates or me in a fight i'm like hey man my foot's on the gas pedal everything's good i'm coasting man nothing has gone wrong though thus far so nothing's gonna go wrong and all of a sudden boom four ounce gloves you zig when you should have zag you get caught mm. and then boom before you know it you're looking up at the lights like what the heck happened you it's know, already remember. a different thing i mean dude y'all get out there almost ass naked with oven mitts on. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? And barefooted. And they're like, all right. Four ounce little With bitty. like three rules. You yeah. know what I mean? Don't fish hook. <laughs> don't kick in the nuts. You know, like yeah. the smallest, like don't eye gouge. Very small. You know, so it's crazy. It, it is, man. And, and you, yeah, it's, you can get you can get comfortable and then you can also get caught. Man, Do you man. think that was an element to that fight? Do you think Hunter was getting comfortable in the second round? Do you think he just, he just could he have rushed in? What, as a coach? Looking back, I think actually one thing I will say um, when I when you go back and you look in between rounds, you can see me coaching, and I feel like Hunter had a little bit of a deer in a headlight look, um, you know, and, it, and it's so tough. Obviously, I, I don't. This is the first time I get to talk about one of my guys losing a fight, but I've obviously talked about me losing fights. I can, and I'm very critical of, I'm very honest about my self assessment as well as assessments of other fights. But I think I don't think it was as much confidence in the fact that he was in such control i think it was it was more okay i just dominated um should i just do the same thing that i did or what should i do and rico what they didn't show there too the way rico jumped up you know he like he hawked that loogie or whatnot and then he was he did he did kind of stumble a little bit but there was a moment there where where rico kind of he screamed something they didn't show it like rico just got dominated and then Rico, you know, came back to his corner and he's jumping around Boston strong. And then I think Hunter was a little bit like, dang, I just emptied out the gas tank. I just threw a thousand punches. Uh, I need to get back to neutral. And I think he took his foot off the gas a little bit, but not in a cocky sense, but more in a sense of like maybe a little bit more control. Maybe it was a cardio issue. Maybe it was, you know, whatever. So it was, I think from a coaching standpoint, yeah, I think what got him to the dance that first round, he should have just kind of gotten his face a little bit more and not given Rico that space. See, I think I speak for the average person watching this, and from my just super average experience of this would be the concepts 
unknown to me. I can't wrap my head around the concept of laying on top of a grown man and beating him bloody for five minutes and then that grown man getting up and talking crap. That grown man getting up like, oh, you messed up, dude. It's on now. You Mm -hmm. messed up. That's how it was. That's insane to me on both ends. Like, one, the crazy dude that gets straight up with blood all over his face, hawking blood loogies, and Mm -hmm. just like, oh, okay, no, I'm, I'm back. And the other dude sitting there like, man, I just put the hammer on this guy yeah. for the last five minutes. Well, that's that's tough, man. I mean, that's I, I've had that recurring dream in my mind. Uh, like, I've literally had the same exact recurring dream like 10 times where I'm on top of somebody. I'm just like beating the crap out of them. And they're just smiling at me. Yeah. You know, they're just mm-hmm. like, hey, anything you do, you know, and I think it's very it's not actually the, a physical fight. It's more like a spiritual element of like, right. you know, hey, I'm going through something right now. And I think but to the back to the human aspect of that. Yeah. I think Hunter was like, dude, I just hit you with every single thing. You just jumped up Boston strong and you're freaking running back to your, you're running back to your, your corner. And you're like, dude, I'm coming after you. I think there was a little bit of a, there was a little bit of an aspect of that. Cause that's tough, dude. You, there's nothing like beating the crap out of somebody. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, thank you, sir. May I have another? You're like, okay, well, at some point I might start going downhill. That was my biggest fear. Anytime I got in a fight in jail was you throw somebody everything you got and they eat it and you're just like, what what do I do now? You know what I'm saying? That was it. Yeah, that was it. I was counting on that to be the one. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't, you know. That was the one I expected to put them out. And then you're like, okay, you wipe off the blood and you keep coming out. You're like, oh, shoot. And I think that was, I think that was kind of part of it, unfortunately, you know, and it's, and Hunter, you know, his exit interview, man, tears in his eyes. I just want to make my family proud. Oh. It was freaking, those exit interviews are so, so tough, man. Cause you know, they're, they're, you know, they're out here. This is the greatest second chance he ever could ask for. And you know, he, in his mind blew it, you know, yeah. and he still was going to get a good look. Hopefully he, you know, ends up in the UFC still, but it's a tough position. What was his spirit like leaving the show? I don't. I know you probably can't talk about it too much, but. No, it was, uh, I mean, Hunter was always very, very quiet always a very quiet, reserved guy, you know, and you even talked about that, um, in the locker room, like, Hey, are are you meeting the guy where he's at? You want to amp him up? You want to cool, cool him down? Where do you want to be? And I just, I met Hunter where he was and Hunter was very, very even keel. Um, speaking very softly, speaking very confidently into him. Um, so he was quiet going into the show. He was quiet during a lot of the training, the most yes, sir, no, sir kind of guy. I'll run through a brick wall for me. Just tell me, tell me what you do and I'll do it. Um, but then, yeah, after the loss, man, it's the cool thing about it was we didn't, we didn't have any other um, scenario like this because he was the only one who who did lose. But the next week he showed up and he was training with all the guys, mm-hmm. you know, he's got a big old cut in his, on his head, but he's still there doing what he can serving other people. Um, you know, so his spirit, man. And, and it's tough too, even for me as a coach, he's still my guy. He's not in the competition anymore, but I still wanted to get those moments where I was like, Hey man, I know you're going through it right now. You have to be going through it. You know, I know you're not going to admit it. You're not going to pull me aside and bend my ear and take my time away, but I know you're going through it, dude. What, you know, can we talk about it? What's going on? You know, we had a couple conversations, but you know, it was my only scenario like that because obviously all my other guys won, but it was, uh, it was tough, man. But his, you know, he's got the indomitable spirit, man. He's, you know, he's an Indian reservation kid from from Wyoming. Yeah. Um, he's resilient. He's got his two boys at home, and uh, he had a decent decent spirit for you know watching his dreams shatter on ESPN. Yeah, you know, Godly, the biggest network in sports. Yeah, dude. Jesus, man. Yeah, so yeah. It, it was tough. Yeah, we were talking when you were talking to him in the locker room. That's when I asked. I don't know if y'all roll those clips back, but I was like, yo, that was. Are you meeting him there? Because <laughs> I've seen you in the locker room with probably, I think it was Kid or somebody. It was a little more energy. But I think what I loved about this show is it's showing your emotional intelligence, right? Because we only catch you in sound bites. 
right? Like as fans, we catch you in sound bites or maybe a 20-minute press conference. or if, Unless you're on the bus, we don't get to see like long form of you or like get an insight into your real thought process. You know what I mean? And to me, that, that reeked of emotional intelligence to see exactly where that guy was and be like, all right, I'm right here with you where you are. <laughs> <laughs> I just swallow some, a gnat. I, I just had some water go down the wrong pipe, dude. It's actually a really emotional moment too. I'm like, oh, Jelly thinks I'm crying right now, but really the water went down the wrong pipe. I'm, I'm sending these praises to Michael <laughs> yeah. Chandler's over there, fucking <laughs> beat record. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean that. I think that was one of the hardest aspects of the coaching because ultimately, too, I'm just a pugilist, dude. I fight in a cage, and I got a decent m- amount of coaching aspect to me right but ultimately i have to be there for guys and meet them where they're at right gosh dang Take you a i'm blowing water, this dude you'll feel better i'm blowing it this is a good pour, question pour more water on it yeah that's good <laughs> but yeah knowing where guys you know roosevelt I, I brought up roosevelt roberts uh jason knight and then i also brought up austin hubbard kurt hollibaugh right four completely different guys from the aspect of you know Jason Knight needed to be, you know, he wanted to be pumped up a little bit. Roosevelt Roberts wanted to be pumped up. He loved the fact that he fought first. He loved the fact that he was the guy leading the charge. Austin Hubbard was back there doing breath work and kind of a, hey, you know, you can talk to me, but I don't really need you to talk to me type of vibe. And you can kind of feel it. Kurt Hollibaugh, same way. So just kind of, and these fights were back to back. You know, you go from coaching these guys, coaching one guy like Roosevelt, who you're like, I gotta hype him up. We gotta get right. pumped up and ready to fight, go kill somebody. And the next guy's like, hey, I'm right where I need to be. You know, I don't And you're having to anything. sort through this in, within six days. Yeah. By the way, is the crazy part. Yeah. It's like a complete turn switch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay, well, that's the guy that is a totally different approach coming in Monday to make sure this guy's ready. Ping pong ball bouncing back and forth. Are you, you know? talking to him about their weight? Are you having these conversations during the yeah. week? Are you having these real talks? Yeah, that's the tough. I mean, that's one of the hardest things, too, because you asked about weight classes. Um, I think... Part of my, you know, half of my crew at 155 probably could fight 145 if they wanted to. Some of my guys at 135 could maybe make 125. You know, you're going into this, into this thing where you're there for four or five weeks. It's hard to keep your weight down. You know, I fight 155 and I'm going to drink a gallon of water. All of a sudden I'm 160 or 163 or something like that. Right. Then all of a sudden I drink another gallon of water. I'm 170. You know, these guys could balloon up to the 180s. Most of them were kind of staying in that upper 60s range. Um, So... Yeah, you're talking about the weight. The good thing is I I really had – I was nervous about one one weight cut, and that was Cody Gibson the first time, and I was completely wrong. He went out there and just crushed right. it. He was there at like 5 a.m. working out. I got there at like 7 or 8 a.m. and ended up finishing the weight cut with him. Um, but he just – he nailed it. He crushed right. it, you know. So – and then some guys were I'm like, oh, this dude ain't cutting no weight at all. Who was – oh, Roosevelt Roberts, which we'll get into – Later on, but, you know, there's something that happens with him at a, a weigh-in, you know, I think next, uh, it'll be next episode. But yeah. he didn't didn't have a hard weight cut at all, yet he was struggling like crazy to make weight for that second fight. So you never know, man. Weight cuts wow. are one of those things where bodies kind of shut down and where it does, just doesn't give you any more water yeah. weight anymore. It's like, hey, I'm not sweating anymore. You're like, wait a second, I need you to sweat. And they got nutritionists <laughs> in there helping these guys, right? Or I, they just kind of leaving them to their own vices, just I say, did. here's a meal plan. Or- yeah, I didn't actually. You know, I, uh, we, I would help guys with certain things, um, if they had any questions or whatnot, or I would give them my kind of walk on my walk on fitness. Like here's, here's my kind of dieting, you know, if you will, that I can't give out to, you know, the average person. Cause I'm not a dietitian or a nutritionist or whatever. Right. Connor had a nutritionist or something there, but 
what can you really do in a five day period? Right. You know, these guys sure. are making weight in five days. Yeah, so they're just, they're just having to water load the yeah. first two or three, right? And yeah. just suck it dry the last suck two. It dry. Yeah. Oh, they had, God. and they had, they had saunas in there. They had the portable saunas where they'd stick you in the little cube thing. They had yeah. a big sauna there. Um, actually funny thing now that I just think about it, dude. So I want to bring something up because you said you were like, dang, dude, that's like the hole. Cause you saw, you saw Rico listen or read yeah. the Bible. So yeah. to, to bring anybody back who hasn't been listening or didn't know they, there was no cell phones, no TVs, no nothing. All they had was religious readings. Right. So Rico was reading the Bible, but I broke the rules a couple of times. Not going to lie. When my dudes were cutting weight, I would bring a a cell phone and put it by the sauna and let the guys listen. And I yeah. kid you not, we listen, we listen to your songs. Let's dude. go, dude, it baby. Was, and it was actually Jason Knight. <laughs> Jason awesome. Knight was like, hey, dude, I want to play. Uh, he's like, dude, play Son of a Center. Play Son yes. of a Center by Jelly Roll. Let's dude. So, go, So we listened. They, they, the dudes were listening to like four or five songs on that last album, um, God, which is awesome. actually, I just thought about that. And that's I cool because I came straight in talking about how big of a Jason Knight fan yeah, I am. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, you're like, man, he's so country that he was just talking normal and they had to put some yeah, titles on it. it made me so happy, dude. I was like, that's my kind of guy <laughs> yeah. right there. He's just talking, just having a conversation. It's the only time you've seen subtitles on like he was Brazilian. Uh, yeah, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> like he was from, from some other country. Yeah, like, for nope, sure. Like it was one of the Nagara brothers and it was just Jason. Just talking, yeah. Yeah, Mississippi, awesome, Louisiana, you know, yeah. him and Kurt Hollibaugh. You can hear, you can understand Kurt a little bit more than, than Jason because yeah. Jason just like, you know, that first interaction between him and Landon where he just choked Landon out two days before and he's like, hey man, you knew I had better jujitsu than you. I don't know why you took me down, dude. <laughs> he said, why would you take it? He said, he said, let's be honest, you knew I had the advantage in jujitsu. Guy said, yeah, he said, Never take down the guy that has yeah, the advantage in did so. It was so funny, but but that was that was funny, dude. Yeah, we we had Roosevelt. It was Roosevelt, and then Jason fought the second week. He was in there, so Jason was kind of the DJ. You know, yeah. he's like, "Hey, play this or play that, or whatever." And then we were he requested "Son of a Sinner," and then we listened to a couple other ones on that album. So it God, was funny awesome. though. Love you, Jason Bubba. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I'll uh, well, I'll make sure I, I let him know. Yeah. Um, so let's uh let's talk about the fight. Let's switch gears a little bit. Um, go right into it. We're going to pull up some highlights here. So setting the stage, um, at the very end of the last episode, Connor goes up to the cage and says, you know, hey, what happens if it's a clean sweep? So even Connor at this point was kind of almost a, like had come to the realization, holy crap, like I might lose this entire yeah. thing. He's probably just, thinking he got to go home early at that well, point. He's like, I, what happens if it's I'll, a clean sweep? Do I, I get to little, roll? I was a little nervous. I'm not joking. Me, my team, you know, my coaches, and then also uh, – you know, the guys on my team, like, hey, what happens if freaking, you know, we just go eight and oh, like, does Connor just bounce out? Yeah. And that's when they were obviously talking about, hey, you know, so historically you switch teams and these guys can go over there and do a lot of other stuff. Um, so we kind of set the stage and everybody's been waiting. Hey, do we get a clean sweep? And I'm, unfortunately, we can't say that. But let's talk about actually before we roll this clip, let's talk about the pressure because mm. you got Rico. They're 0 and 7. Rico, Rico gets the opportunity to be the guy who actually gets a win. Right. But Hunter just can't lose. Like Hunter, Hunter needs to be the guy who just doesn't screw it up for us. And let's you talk know? about what me and you talked about is that Rico's a little longer in the tooth than Hunter, even though yeah. he's on the prospect. Thirty four. I thought yeah. that was interesting. Yep. So he's really in there on some like, hey man, you know, this is this is this is it for me. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And then there's just so much so much pressure for both these guys. Obviously, I was thinking more about Hunter. And I remember in the locker room watching him warm up. And he's such a sweetheart. He's such an awesome dude. Great father. Um, you know, he trains down at Fight Ready. And I just, and I think the realization came right after Jason chokes out Landon. I'm like, dude, this is great. But I remember having that feeling like, dang, there's one place I would not want to be right now. And that's mm -hmm. in this position where all the guys win and, and all of it is riding on you, you know? 
that that should not be something that is overshadowed here. And I'm not saying if Hunter would have fought, you know, first, second, third, or whatever, he would have had a different outcome. But man, having him fight eighth was a tough position for him to be in. Oh know? yeah, all you're hearing all week is clean sweep, baby. This is gonna sweep him for it. I'm sure that was. The, I mean, I wasn't there, but my guess is that was the chatter in y'all's training. Oh, session, for sure, right? man. Yeah. And, yeah, and then Hunter's and Hunter because because he knew he was fighting last whenever the first the fights got drawn, you know, right. and then all of a sudden it's like, win, win, win. And then all of a sudden, probably in the back of his mind, he's like, dang, dude, it's all going to fall on me. Yeah. It's kind of like being the heavyweight, like yeah. in wrestling. Heavyweight was, it was great whenever they started drawing. We'd be like, hey, you could draw 157 and start at 157. Then heavyweight was kind of in the middle. But imagine the duel, a wrestling match between two schools comes right. down to heavyweight. And heavyweight's like, dang, dude. It's yeah, all on me now. It's all on me. Like if yeah. if I win, we win. If I lose, we lose. When, it, when really it was everybody else who fought. <laughs> it was everybody else who fought the ten weight classes yeah. before me. That really it's on it's yeah. on them as much as me. But now I got to be the last fight yeah. and or the last wrestling match. Yeah, because yeah, because if he'd have been the third fight, it would have just been a statistic, right? Yeah. It would have just been like, oh yeah, it's one of the guys that lost. Exactly. God, it's crazy. Yeah, dude. So the heavyweights like, dang, dude, all the pressure's <laughs> on me, man. I'm like, yeah, that's why I like being a little lightweight. And then guy. you got to go back to the house with these people. Yeah. Dude. insane I know <laughs> so ton of pressure for both guys but even in my mind even more for Hunter maybe that's bias I'm right. very biased obviously because I love Hunter and he's my team but um, let's roll the highlights first round was an absolute shellacking you know yeah um, kind of like what you and I talked about man he he just got first in round his face wasn't looking very good for Rico he had his moments but uh, Hunter was definitely controlling the fight <laughs> That was a heck of an uppercut, though. Man, if that landed, the fight could have fight could have changed. A couple kind of take getting inside, getting inside, grabbing the head, crazy bones. Those elbows right there that we're going to talk about. Goodness gracious, cut them open in the first thirty seconds. First thirty seconds, blood all over the place, dark, deep, nasty, thick blood, thick blood right there. It's like a piece of his tattoo. So then, second round. It is literally now or never. See, Hunter, yeah, Hunter I will say they glossed over a real ass whooping pretty fast in yeah, the recap. Yeah, they did. And that first round was a brutal beat. Four and a half minutes on top. Yeah. Hesitant, um, so I did kind of say they had a little bit more hesitant, you know, and because I don't think it was cockiness. It definitely wasn't like, hey, I'm in control. I'm good. Caught him right behind the ear. Goodness. I'm telling you, man, that punch reminds me of that JDS punch. I'm so used to seeing guys in red dominating. And all of a sudden, it brings you back to the the human aspect and also the the reality of what this the reality is of it, man. Four ounce gloves and anything can happen. Anything can happen, man, dude. And my man Hunter was doing great. Um, and then that punch, like you said, you brought up uh, JDS versus Cain Velasquez. Yeah. One of those things where it's like, oh, dude, punch him in the face. It's like, yeah, but you you punch me anywhere in here, you know, nose, eyes, lip, it hurts. But you're probably not going to knock me out unless you hit me right on the chin. But dude, ear, temple, behind the ear. They're legal shots, but they they have the ability to just shut the shut the legs off. And as you saw, Hunter just went, you know, and then Rico hit him with the double handed Donkey Kong, yeah. which was a crazy way to end the fight. That was the first time that punch got explained to me. So mm -hmm. we were that was if I remember right, that was the the Cain Velasquez JDS one was the first fight ever on, on ABC. Fox or ABC. Yeah. Oh, it was no. some big. Oh, you're right, Fox. It was, it was huge. huge. It was a big deal. It was like the first time we got to watch them fight on regular cable like mm -hmm. just you know like and what i call rabbit ear cable like yeah. when i grew up we were broke so we'd have the rabbit ear you get two four five and seven yep so we went to a bar me and the homies like yo do you have seen i'm telling the person like, you won't believe this it's on she's like no it's not I was like, i'm telling you it's on fox 17 right now with fox 17 we watched the main event and it happens i think it happened real fast in the first round if i it remember was. right i remember jds had that really high his hands was really high and he, he came over 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, where did he hit him at that did it? And it was right there behind that ear, man. It was one of those things because it's such a sneaky shot because people, because we think fighting, like I, like I said, it's a, hey, I, if I want to hit you, I want to hit you in the eyes, the nose, the, all the all the stereotypical places right. you think you want to hit somebody. But really, you catch them anywhere on that side of that head near the ear, the equilibrium either goes out and they go on roller skates or their legs just... And that's exactly what happened to Kane. Kane went straight down. Yeah, I'll never forget Kane drop, drop. And we thought, you know, I was cardio Kane in that moment. It was like, no way. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. And it's, it's a, it's such a, such a weird shot to see because to the average person, you're like, it didn't look like it hurt him at all. Yeah. Barely hit. Or there was even, was it, uh, was it JDS who did that crazy spinning back kick and hit Mark Hunt on like the top of the yeah, head? Grazed him over the top. Literally, of the head. Deg- almost like his Achilles tendon hit him on the top of the head and he freaking fell. You're just and like collapse. But you hit someone in the face, it's almost like you get a lot of blood, but you don't. In Mark's don't defense, there wasn't a soul on earth that would have picked their bingo card of Junior DeSantos throwing a, a roundhouse. <laughs> it kick. was gorgeous. Uh, yeah, just a beautiful one. Just <laughs> perfectly played. You know what I'm saying? Just he probably didn't out. think it was going to land yeah, either. Yeah, for sure. He was just throwing something to get him back, probably just to reset the I stage. Know. Exactly. Back off, dude. Oh, shoot. He's <laughs> on roller skates. He's falling yeah, down. He's yeah. like, oh, I got him. <laughs> but the first, yeah, but the first round of this fight, man, like, Obviously, Rico had his moment there where Hunter went in and those elbows of Rico. Like you said, you know, there's one thing about being kind of the big, buff, muscle-bound guy, and then there's another There's another aspect of being kind of that skinny, bony dude, and that's what Rico was. Man, he's got those elbows of sharp Ooh, elbows, dude. Just goodness. Boston sharp elbows. Yeah. He cut Hunter on the side of the head. But for the most part, like you said, they glossed over. In about 30 seconds, they showed a highlight, but it was, it was Hunter on top, four minutes and 30 seconds of absolute just domination. Oh, just absolute ass whooping. Yeah. yeah and it was crazy that he lost that fight. Yeah, or even like you said, toward the end of that first round, it looked like the fight could have could have gotten stopped. I thought it was going to get stopped. I did. I had a moment where I was like, man, if he, you know, I don't know what Herb's looking for, but this is this is getting really yeah. one-sided. And Rico, Rico didn't look, you know, no, no jabs at Rico here, but because it was Hunter being a very good wrestler on top. But Rico just looked like he had no answer, no hip mobility, no hip movement, no body awareness on ground on the ground. Hunter just had complete control. And in my mind, obviously, here I am, you know, this is our eighth fight. We've won every single fight. And now we just dominated the first round of the eighth fight in order to get the clean sweep. And I'm like, dude, we're in a good spot. Like yeah. this is this is right where we wanted to be. And then obviously we go out in the second and, and we kind of had this, this kind of banter back and forth too about, Hey, what did he, did he get a little cocky, a little bit comfortable, a little bit, you know, I kind of even said like, like maybe a little bit like deer in the headlights a little mm-hmm. bit. And I think he kind of, he kind of went out there and just, there was just too much space. You can't give Rico that kind of space. Cause he was long. And then, he Oh dude, I think he had five long. inches on him in the reach and you could really see it. You could really see it. Really see it when he hit him with that first right in the first round, that mm-hmm. one right that really connected. It was like, you just seen, he just, he just felt long. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he is, man. He's a, he's a tall guy for a 135 yeah. or so. Now's a good time to thank our show sponsor, CarShield. We're all about who's the greatest here, and CarShield really goes to the mat for vehicle owners. They're the number one most trusted auto service protection company in America, and they're here to help protect you from surprise car repair costs. Flexible month-to-month plans through CarShield can cover up to 5,000 parts of your car after they break down. When you're covered through CarShield, you'll always have someone in your corner at the repair shop. Visit CarShield.com and check it out now. Now, back to the show. I'd like to see him a Rose fight. Rose is long too. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that would be that'd be something crazy. Yeah, they uh so they don't tell so it's interesting they don't tell the uh how the matchups went. But obviously, you know, after this well, actually before we move on to that, 
Let's talk about Connor's reaction to uh, his first win. Oh, <laughs> He's yeah. jumping around. He did he say? I, I wrote down some quotes. Connor's first win, um, he was <laughs> yelling at my guys. I wrote down some quotes, man. The dude was yelling at my team. R Roosevelt Roberts was like, mother effing him. Connor's mother effing him. Yeah. Like, these two, like, Roosevelt would legitimately fight Connor right yeah. there at the apex. You know, and, and I'd be like, oh, shoot, okay, now I got to jump in. And funny thing is, like, my whole team would have got together and made it a melee, dude, because my dudes were on the same team. You could see that clip my on dudes. the clip. If y'all if are you gonna show the clip, because at the end it's oh, yeah, it looks like a bullpen. Yeah, of your guys, it looked They're like there was, like, and they were like, it, not one of them looked like they wasn't willing to jump off of whatever the 100%. platform they were on and fist fight. Right yeah, they were about then. to go through the glass, dude. Yeah, it was insane. You know, and, and rightfully so. Connor's pumped up, you know. And he, so this is one of the things, you know, close guard after two rounds isn't a fight. There was a lot of unfinished fights. So basically, it was a stab at us for not fighting hard enough. Look at him, dude. He's about ready to jump over. He's dead. Connor was all excited. So Rose starts talking trash. And next thing you know, them two are about to square off. It was crazy, but at the same time, it was fun because you got to see real quick, like, that our team built a very strong bond and we were all ready to, you know, go to war if that's what it meant. You know what I call you? Here today, go tomorrow. Here today, go tomorrow. Because Connor just started skipping away. I mean, dude. we had our little issues. <clears throat> we argued. We bickered. You know what I'm trying to say? I mean, we're men. You know what I mean? We, we got our chest out. Team here today, gone tomorrow. That's tough, dude. Calling team here today, gone tomorrow. You know, it's, well, first of all, these guys were here today and then gone tomorrow. All my yeah. dudes had been cut from For the sure. UFC. So, yeah. like, these, these dudes took it personally. Like, dude, you want to say that about me? And then you finally get your first win. My dudes yeah. were seriously ready to, to throw down. And I love what Jason Knight said there. My dudes, you know, when Hunter lost, we all lost, right? right? You know, it's an individual sport. And it's an individual competition, but my dudes, man, loved wearing the red and loved wearing the team channel. And it was it was cool to watch and see every day. These dudes made lifelong friendships, and they yeah. would have thrown down for Hunter yeah. at that moment. You could tell the genuineness of that too, though, man. And yeah. uh, you could feel you could feel that in, especially with Jason and Roosevelt. They, you know. They look like they they, they look like they were going to be attached to hip. However, that shook out. You they were actually. That's the funny thing, man. Like that was that was the that was the best relationship of the entire show. They haven't shown a ton of it yet, man. But those two dudes were just freaking best friends, yeah. knowing that they could very easily fight each other. You know, yeah. like knowing that they could very easily, you know, end up fighting on week three or whatever it was going to be, week yeah. four. But they're like, ah, screw, it, man. We'll we'll cross that bridge when we when we get it. Yeah. You know, and they're they're two from two completely different you know places like Roosevelt. You know, grew up in Broward, Broward County, Florida, was born there at least. He's been out in California. Obviously, Jason's down in the deep, deep south catching alligators and stuff. Yeah. And they just became such He's a good Louisiana friends. kid, right? He's uh he's Mississippi. He's a Mississippi. He's Mississippi. Kid. And then uh Kurt Hollibaugh is Louisiana. Okay, that's what I thought. I knew I had him backwards. I thought he was a Mississippi. I wasn't sure, but yeah, I knew. Actually, now you got me. Now you got me questioning it. But yeah, they're definitely Mississippi and Louisiana, yeah. somewhere down there. And I know they're they're they live close to each other. Kurt and and uh, oh, yeah. Jason do. No, that's like, that little stretch right there, dude. Yeah. That's a swampy part of America. Yeah. I love it. It's one of my favorite places, dude. dude. People just culture. Yeah, you just get culture. Once you get down in Mississippi, even Tennessee, man. I'm I'm southern. I'm southern. I'm country coleslaw. But man, you get down there, dude. You start dealing with a totally different thing, man. Mm -hmm. You know that that's a totally different culture, man. Yeah, especially them Louisianans, man. That's a that that Bayou culture is totally different, dude. dude. 
that's where yeah we had the crawfish boil that's oh yeah kurt hollabaugh on his uh, home video they're like yeah it's best the best weekend ever we have a big old crawfish boil every <laughs> invite everybody oh, yeah. over Ooh, man when they do jason, one of them low countries man they're the best dude and i i uh i was t talking about jason knight's boots because he had these lucky boots right and uh you know, he's like, they got blood over here. They got some blood over here. He's like, well, yeah, this, this blood over here is from an alligator. This blood over here is from a deer. He's like, yep. this, there's some drywall dust here. Yeah. He's just, just telling his boots told a story yeah. legitimately. He That's could it. sit there for 30 minutes talking about his That's lucky boots. That's some old country boy stuff, man. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm they saying? His I'm lucky boys. boots, man. Yeah. For, I tell you what, I've been performing in the same boots for eight years. Really? Years. Yep. Dude. There you go, man. Lucky boots, True. man. My lucky boots. You and I Jason Knight got a lot. Time, got a lot you look coming. at all the awards. I, just, I put them on. I don't wear them except for on stage. Dang, dude. But they're my they're my boots, man. They've got me through. They're steel toe. They're heavy, dude. I come off stage, my feet hurt every night. But, <laughs> I've been, but I wear them because I'll never forget. I bought them because I kicked a speaker at a festival one time Ooh. and broke a pinky toe. I'll never forget it. Yeah. And I accidentally kicked the speaker just kind of walking by and just hit it really, you know, clipped it really hard. And I was like, oh, I'm getting me some steel toe boots. I'm never dealing with this again. <laughs> yeah, this dude. is dangerous. Yeah, man. we don't have speakers now. Now we got in ears yeah. or whatever. But I still, you know, same thing goes. If I got to kick some, I can. Yeah, you know that's what I'm saying? Funny. Oh, dude. So, yeah, but that was, those dudes were ready to free can fight Connor, yeah. you know, and Jason Knight's got his lucky boots on. And he, yeah. freaking, he he believes he would probably beat Connor up. You yeah, know? I've seen so everybody like, else was wearing slides and tennis no, shoes, no, and he was in there with his boots. Yeah, man. So they were they were ready to they were ready to throw down, and it was you know what we call them in the South, don't you? What? Shit kickers, shit kickers. Yeah, yeah dude, that, he, he definitely. Yeah, he definitely said that's that. a real pair of shit kickers. Yeah, I think his uh, his line to me was whenever he first said, "Yeah, no, hey, can you go ask the producers if I can wear my lucky boots?" And I'm like, "You, what do you mean, like?" He's like to walk walk into the cage. I always wear the you know these boots to the fight. He's like I'm eleven and zero in these bitches. Is what yeah. he said to me. And I'm like all right. Well, hey, if you're eleven and zero, dude, I'm going to talk to him. Dude. Yeah, for sure. We got to have you wearing these lucky boots. It ain't even a question. Yeah. Even if they say no, you can't. You're yeah. going to wear them. You wear the boots. Yeah. <laughs> so, in fact, I might not ask. We yeah. it's one of them old fashioned forgiveness is easier than permission. Exactly. <laughs> we just we we'll just slide on in there in yeah. the big old uh, leather boots. But dudes were uh, it it was tough, man. Watching Connor, you know. After he finally gets his first win, just jawing at my dudes, you know, calling my guys team here today, gone tomorrow. And it's, you know, my guys Connor took that to heart. And, yeah, he was Connor. He was Connor. Connor's Connor, yeah. Connor, <laughs> Connor, Connor, dude. He's been consistently Connor this season. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, throwing around money, driving Lambos, yeah. you know, showing up when he wants to show up. Yeah. But he finally got his first win. So now we got Rico in the, you know, they he has Rico in the the semis yeah. and my other three dudes in the, the semis now. Yeah. Mm. So. It's um, yeah, it's crazy. But that uh, it was an interesting little melee that happened there. Dudes yelling at each other, trying to freaking fight Connor, and I'm like, and I was actually real quiet because I was just like, dude, what's happening here? Right. Like, is this gonna escalate? Obviously, if it escalates, I gotta you know jump in. Or I do remember once or twice where I was like, hey boys, let's just like yeah. we're on ESPN here, yeah. you know, because you never know what's gonna be cut. There's so far eight episodes in. There's been a lot of stuff that was kind of said that I was like. You know, and even, you know, one of the guys was like, damn, I probably shouldn't have said that. Mm. You know, I was like, no, it's all right, dude, you're good. And it never, it hasn't made the show yet. So you never know what's going to make the show, what they're going right. to put on ESPN. You know, right. we got, you guys want to have an image and a reputation and all these things, especially if you're not doing the best. If you don't win the show, you don't get the contract. So you want to be a guy that they're like, hey, we'll, we'll bring you on. You'll, you'll still get a fight with the UFC. Dude, you know? it's scary to spend that much time mic'd up. I mean, oh, it's dude. that now I can't relate to anything you've talked about when it comes to athletics. When you talk about having a camera in your face, mm. when we shot my documentary, shameless plug, it's on Hulu. Yes, heck yeah. When we when ABC News followed me for my documentary, I think they filmed over four hundred hours. Hmm. Wow! And I they were on the bus with us at night from the moment we woke up on tour. I mean, 
all these crazy things happened in my life there with me to the point where you just kind of almost get comfortable with it and yeah. realize it because it was a news piece. So it wasn't a big production. Like y'all had big production because it was a news piece. It was a running gun most of the time. They just put a microphone on you. They got a camera, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and it, because it's a news piece, I didn't get to, which y'all don't either because of the deal with ESPN, I didn't get to make notes. Oh, yeah. They don't send you an episode a week early, yeah. Michael, and go, hey, 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 Chandler, is there anything on here you don't like? Mm-hmm. You get to go, yeah, I sounded a little goofy right there. I was a little out of breath. You know, can you switch? They don't give you no. <laughs> and then they send. So you think, man, you spend that much time, these kids in this house with these cameras constantly on. They're, of course, they're saying wild stuff. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're saying stuff that they're having moments where they're like, I mean, and the worst part is y'all are in the middle of emotions. Yeah. Like, this is like, you know, this dude just won a fight or just lost. You know, it feels like everything on earth is riding on this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So the emotions behind that feeling, I'm sure, like, man, I bet ESPN's got all kind of footage of people just saying wild shit. Yeah, I'm sure they do. I mean, and so far, you know, they haven't done anything, you know, too bad yet, obviously. But, you know, that's going, yeah, going back to that where I would, in that moment, I was like, yo, dude, like, Hey boys, let's uh let's cut it down a little bit right now. Let's you know don't say anything you don't want to you know we're on ESPN you know because right. obviously if it would have escalated it would have escalated and you know stuff would have happened and some stuff probably did happen that isn't going to make ESPN which is yeah. good but you know <laughs> <laughs> but it was a it was a funny uh it was a funny little interaction there and and then then you go from that straight into the exit interviews and you got what re- does that tell you about Connor? Because, like, I know that you're, I know how you are. Like, mm-hmm. we're friends outside of this. Like, you're one of the smartest dudes I've ever met. Like, you're, you're very analytical. You're very emotionally intelligent. I'm sure there was a lot of things that happened. I'd like to talk about all of them, but I guess this is my episode for this episode. So mm-hmm. what does that tell you something? Is that a, is that a, is that a, is that a small inside through a window for you? For what, like what he said to my, my team, you're saying? Yeah. Does that say something yeah. about his emotions, his ability to hold, or was it, has he, has he showed you anything you didn't expect? Or was that just like, yeah, that's Connor? No, it's a, it's a good question. Cause I think there was definitely moments where, cause to me that that's a moment of, of weakness, you know, it, or, or maybe he just doesn't care what people think. I mean, I would never in a million years call somebody, you know, here today, gone tomorrow. Right. You know, I'm not the kind of guy who's going to, there's a, there's a lot of insults you can throw at somebody, talk about this, talk about that. But these guys are playing with their, their livelihood and their futures. Right. And they already have had to go through what they've had to go through. They were losers at a month. And when they, when the UFC handed them their walking papers and said, you aren't good enough. Right. And they've had to live with that self-image. Right. Um, ultimately it's the other team. So I'm sure Connor cares less about my team than he does his team. But I, even if it was the other team, I would never say right. that to his guys. These are and, humans. Yeah. I mean, there's, we're all human beings. Yeah. We're on a reality show. We're mic'd up. We're on camera. We're on a competition. It's ESPN. It's me versus them and him versus us, whatever. But still we're all human beings, you right. know? So maybe it is just, uh, you know, who he is, you know, maybe it does show a little bit about, you know, his, care for people how much right. does he care about them how much does he not care about them then again maybe he just got caught up in the reality tv show biz there for a moment maybe he wanted his moment because you got to think too you're losing every single fight yeah what is there to what is there to what is there to promote yourself about right. you know you could promote yourself as the villain real quick and just get into a nice big fight with my team yeah <laughs> you yeah, you're, yeah you're only but yeah for sure you, you can't say you're a good coach now you can't say you're going to win the competition you can't say you know team mcgregor is going to beat team chandler you can't right. say any of the stuff that we signed up to do aside from Connor being Connor and calling my dudes names. So it was tough, but you know, so then we, you know, we go from that. That was a very interesting one. Cause that was the last fight of the second week. 
And then now we got the semis, you know, in, in two weeks, basically. There's a coach's challenge on the week three at some point that they're going to show. I don't know what episode it's going to be. Right. Um, but you know, they get done with that and then do the exit interview and you got Hunter, you know, tears in his eyes, man. And I, and I, and they didn't show my exit interview either. Like I, I got teared up, choked up about Hunter too, man. Oh. Cause it was the first time I felt the loss and Hunter's mm. and Hunter, not that any of them losing would have been tough for me, right. but Hunter, I got so close with my dudes and just cared so much. And I thought we were about to just do the clean sweep. I felt like I failed him a little bit, you know? And you're such a family dude too, yeah. man. The, I'm sure the family element, you yeah. know what I mean? God. Dude, they became my family for those four, yeah. you know, four and, But here, weeks. you know, knowing he has kids, similar mm -hmm. age of yours, you yeah. know what I mean? Wilder and Wrecker, man. Two, yeah. two little boys, you know, I think yeah. I, well, he's at four and two or yeah. five and three. Um, Which is really close to half an ace, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so we talked about them and I saw the pictures and, you know, I got all choked up looking at the camera, like, you know, just want to let you, you guys know your dad came here. He did everything he was supposed to do. He's a good man, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's just tough. It kind of, like you said, brings you back to that human aspect, the human element of, oh shoot, we're fighting in four ounce gloves. Oh, yeah. and these guys are human beings and they have people to provide for. Yeah. Crazy. They're dreamers, dude. I tell yeah. people, man, it's like, um, it's, I think everybody always says athletes want to be entertainers, entertainers want to be athletes, yeah. and it's just, oh, comedians, all this circle. And I think what I finally came to assess about relationships, like I've, how, why I value our friendship or uh, busting with the boys or Bert or any of these characters that are in our lives is like, I relate to y'all on a dreamer level. Mm -hmm. And I'm impressed at the way that you, what y'all did, because it's not what I did. And I hope that goes both ways. Yeah. I hope it's like, yeah, well, it's cool. You know, you, you wrote a thousand songs yeah Bert told a thousand jokes you spent you know 15,000 hours figuring out mm -hmm. you know you being groomed to be an athlete you know what I mean uh, from an early age and it's like I relate to these guys on this show from the dreamer mm -hmm. element of like these dudes on your team are like yo I, I had the dream and I blew it and I, I got I, but dude I couldn't have a second I'm a second chance guy too mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying yeah. so I'm like whoa you know it, it just hits a little different but then you start hearing the story from the prospects and yeah. you're like oh dude these dudes aren't quote unquote second chance in the UFC guys but these are mm -hmm. you know these this is a this is there was very few dudes on that team that were like just young talent you yeah. know what I mean that's true yeah well, it's yeah the dreamer aspect of of and we've all been told no, we've all failed, we've all you know it's it's that ups and downs of life, man. Like like you said, whether it's you're a comedian, a singer, songwriter, performer, a fighter, an athlete, whatever you may be, you're always open to criticism, for, at the highest level from millions and millions of people, and you got to deal with that, and you got to be told no, and then continue to move forward after you've been told no, you got to fail, and then continue to move forward, and you got to wear your heart on your sleeve, wear your losses on your sleeve, wear your emotions on your sleeve, and, you know, just be here to be like, all right, here I am, continue to throw stones at me, and I'm just going to keep on going, mm. you know? It's just like kind of this, it's the same exact path, or the same exact demeanor, just a couple different vocations, you yeah. know? And that's what these guys are doing too. No, it's a, but the difference is, and why I respect y'all so much is, for me to be a good musician, I had to write a bunch of songs that didn't work. No. Right? For Bert to be a good comedian, he had to tell a bunch of jokes that didn't make people laugh. Y'all had to get your ass kicked. Yeah, That's a yeah. totally different thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, I just had to deal with the embarrassment of putting a project out that nobody cared about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which, let me tell you, man, is a 
rivals the embarrassment of losing a fight, I yeah. would guess. You know what I mean? Because it's a feeling, but I, you know, I didn't, I didn't have to carry a black eye about it for two weeks. Yeah, neither. I mean, the, I, I, I never look at it that way either, though, too. Because I mean, I'm just, I've had so many physical wounds that they, I, they always heal, and I'm yeah. always fine. Yeah, and yeah. it might be stuffed up for a little while, it might be swollen eye for a second, a couple sets of stitches, you know. But it's the emotional aspect of feeling like a failure right. in these different moments, mm -hmm. and, and it's the, <clears throat> the human spirit being continuing to move forward man. Right. like no matter what it's all there is no other option like yeah. you got to make it or you got to make it that's it yeah. you know until you're finally just like okay i think i'm good now god it's awesome, me eventually dude. yeah i'm like okay i'm good now yeah thanks for the cheddar i'm out boys and girls. i love that yeah. you think of it that way though i do too yeah I'm, I'm even in my business i um caleb plant is a nashville boy so i, I love him everything about him but he had a quote i said that I love that he said the goal wasn't to get money. The goal was to keep it, mm -hmm. you know, and my goal was never money because the music was different. I just knew the music would connect and I knew that money would come with that. Mm -hmm. But my still goal is that, you know, when, when I'm done with this, just like a fighter, I'll be done. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not going to linger. I'm not going to hang late. I'm not going to do three farewell tours. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, none, I'm not going to fake retire. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when it's time for me to really ride off in the sunset, you know, it'll, it'll be a very, very, very quiet goodbye. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that's that's funny. That's that's how Robbie Lawler was. You know Robbie Lawler? Yep. He just, just retired. Just retired this just week retired. and knocked him out first round, yeah. first minute or something. Yeah. I was so fun to watch. I know. And there there was a there was an interview of him and he was like, Well, in the in typical the way Robbie talks, you know, it's very interesting, kind of quiet cadence. And he's like, Well, I wasn't really gonna tell anybody, but I figured I needed to tell Dana, and then Dana told everybody. Like Robbie was le legitimately going to go fight this Nico Price dude, <laughs> knock him out, and then just quietly walk away. And everybody's like, "Hey, it's been like a year. Where's Robbie?" And yeah. He was like, no, "I'm good, <laughs> man. You, I, oh, you guys about? didn't know. I'm not coming yeah, back. I'm not coming." He back. legitimately was going to do that. Yeah. You know, we'd but, have seen it when he dropped out of the USADA testing pool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what that's, saying? that would have been like, happened. yeah, we'd have figured it out then. Yeah. Crazy, dude. <laughs> dude, yeah. So, um, was that another camera? Daggum, dude. We got cameras yeah. overheating. Yeah. Stuff. Is it hot in here? Foof. Um, I don't feel it. I actually feel better. I sweat coming in, but I feel good once I sat good. down. So they so at the very end though, it looks as though we got some team switchings. Okay. We got they showed Austin Hubbard versus Roosevelt Roberts. You know, they showed we got that clip uh of us sitting in with Dana. So I gotta go in and Dana, you know, Dana's uh the executive producer's like, hey, you're gonna meet with Dana, we're gonna talk about matchups. And I'm thinking, okay. Do I lie to Dana and say, hey, I think this is the best matchup so that he does the opposite? And or do I just tell him the truth. And I right. pretty much told him the truth. Cause unbeknownst to me, I, if if I say, hey, Roosevelt and Hubbard are, you know, maybe the two most solid guys, they're not going to match them up. They're going to have them fight in the finale, you know, right. in August or September, whenever it's going to be. So all the guys sit down. Basically, all the 135ers want to fight Rico on my team. You know, they want to like, hey, I think because I think Rico was the best draw. All my guys right. were tough, and Rico is tough, but not as tough as my dudes. Right. So we sit down, and I remember this. I was like, man, did I screw this up? I'm trying to be true to myself and go ahead and roll it. We kind of sit in there, and he's asking us, you know, who's the best? Who's the best matchup, or who are the two uh, best guys? Because I thought he would boys. separate them. Here we go. All right. Connor, who do you think is the easiest path for Rico? Who who, who would you have him fight? Who do, who do you think on 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 uh, Chandler's oh, team is, I know, I know the, is the toughest guy? And which guys? I know we're asking for team or team or 
Who I think that was gamesmanship. I don't think he thinks Timor was the easiest. Timor knows that we. I, in I said he was the best. He said, he's, he's, he said that he was the out. He's got all the tools. So it was kind of an interesting role. And then out of your guys um, in the lightweights, who do you think Austin Hubbard should fight? It's hard. Tough. It's really, really hard. Who do you think is the toughest guy in the lightweights? I think it's 50-50 between Roe and Austin. I think the most well-rounded can get the job done everywhere is Austin. All right. I'm cool, coaches. I'll, I'll figure it out. Thank so you. you. Just Danny. So I say, no, no, I say that Austin and Roe were the two kind of 50-50 most talented guys or most well-rounded guys. Assuming that would lead to, you know, like he'd go, yeah, that's that's realistic. Mm -hmm. Let's let these other two dudes fight somebody, get to each other and fight in the, yeah. big, the big dance. But obviously either he took that to heart and he believed he he believed it also and he's yeah. like okay we're putting the best we're putting the two best dudes on the show Ooh. in the show on ESPN and like so Ooh. that's how that's how it worked out obviously Austin Hubbard versus Roosevelt Robert next week um you know hey do I corner these guys do I not corner these guys what's it like in the training room because now you got to remember too we were all teammates. Now these yeah. two dudes are freaking fighting each other. Yeah. You know, so and, and one or two of them had to go to Connor's team, right? There had to be an exchange where yeah, so I'm anxious to see that because the last clip, the cliffhanger for me was the dude walking and going, Hold on, what's it say Team McGregor for? Yeah. Does that mean somebody's on Team McGregor now? And I was like, and Jason, my boy, Jason <laughs> goes, Man, they put me on his team, dude. I'll just leave. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. Hey. We had some team loyalty, man. We had some team Chandler, team loyalty. So I'm excited for everybody to see that. I don't I don't know when you know, when they're going to kind of show those interactions, when all that stuff's going to happen. Obviously, right now, they just left us with a little cliffhanger, but they did tell us that Roosevelt and Hubbard are fighting next week, which I think is, you know, two extremely talented dudes. Um, and then, you obviously, that would put Hollaball versus Jason Knight. Yeah. You know, finally, you get the Mississippi, Louisiana hot yeah. sauce freaking God, fight. You said, you, said, you said it's been 10 years. They said 10 years, and you said they've been... Because, I mean, surely they were, the regional circuit yeah. had to be the same they between were supposed those to be, two yeah, states. Yeah. Basically the same, uh, you know, same age-ish. You know, they should have fought each other numerous times. Mm. Obviously, you're always kind of jockeying for position. Hey, one guy goes to a feeder program for the UFC. Hollaball, Kurt Hollaball has been in, in the UFC. This would be this is his third time. So he's wow. been in the UFC twice. Mm. Jason Knight was in the UFC, went to bare-knuckle fighting, you know, yeah. got like 35 sets of stitches on his face. Oh, just freaking it. nuts, God, you know? Dude, wild. He looked so, like a... The dude from the Nightmare Before it Christmas. Did, dude. It I was know. Wild. I know. I actually, yeah. my son Hap was sitting next to me, and, and Connor uh, had sent it to me. Connor, my media director, not Connor McGregor, because everybody's like, "Oh, Connor," you know, they're yeah. like, "You talking about Connor McGregor?" Yeah. He sent it to me because we were making a thumbnail, and Hap goes, "Ooh, what happened to his face?" And I was like, "Oh, you probably Ooh. shouldn't have saw that, son." Yeah. <laughs> like, Daddy gets Daddy gets some stitches here and there, yeah. but that's a bad one. It yeah. might be the worst face I've ever seen in my entire life. You realize how much, of, as much as we know those four ounces ain't much more than an <laughs> oven mitt, it's crazy to see what difference they make. Dude, yeah. Bone on bone, freaking I tell you what, speaking bone. of Team Chandler loyalty, I just want to say it on the record, man, that I've obviously, watching the UFC, have been a big Conor McGregor fan. Yeah. But uh, you're my fucking boy. Excuse my language. Let's you're go. my boy, in case y'all got to edit that out. You're my boy. <laughs> it's all good. And I hope you beat the brakes off of them. I'm taking my money to the bank with it. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to show everybody when I post my bet before the fight. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's going to be like, who are you cheering for? And I'm just going to post on Instagram. I'm dropping a bag on Chandler, baby. I'm betting the farm on the, I'm betting the, farm on the boy, baby. On the boy, baby, dude. Second round <laughs> KO, dude. That's what I'm calling, dude. Yeah, and if, I'm not, if I'm not on the road, we're there. Heck yeah. That's dude. my word. Too. I will let you know. And, and the best part is because I've been. I, I know what it's like to have a big concert. Mm -hmm. 
I'll see you afterwards. You won't have yeah. to worry about hearing from me. Yeah. I won't text you. I won't bother you. I'll just be there. And afterwards, I'll hit you like where we partying. Yeah, we're staying up all night, dude. We're staying up all night after that epic fight, dude. Let's go, the Biggest baby. fight I could ever ask for. And it's definitely going to happen. There's still speculation that it could happen by the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, you know, his his uh, manager just came out with a, an interview that just happened two days ago talking about it could still be happening at the end of the year. The fight is definitely happening. You know, obviously there's a lot of speculation going on out there. Is he coming back? The dude's coming back. Um, could be by the end of the year. Good. Could be freaking January, February, March, April. Yeah. Who knows of next year. But I pray prayers before happening. April. That's my only prayer. Yeah. You know, but boy, that, when that sun comes out, concert season yeah. hits. Yeah, I know, right, dude? Y'all got to go, dude. <laughs> yeah, we go until the end of fall, dude. We go from the first day it cracks over 70 oh. until the first day it goes under 60. Mm. I That's like kind that. of how it works in our business. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd, I'd like it to be before April, too, because I haven't fought since November. So, yeah. you know, I've, I'm enjoying having a nice little time home, spending some time with the family, doing a lot of this stuff, YouTube yeah. and the show. And God, your YouTube's so great, man. We're working All on it, I man. see is the uh, everybody's like, we know what he's doing when he quits fighting for sure. It's like your, your your analyst game is insane. We're doing we're doing a pretty good job. I, I mean, you know, I like I like talking about MMA. I like talking about fights. You know, it's definitely I've definitely become one of those guys who's kind of a trusted kind of analyst guy on the in the industry you know quickly just trying to be like hey well here here's how i see it i could be wrong you know so we're doing all that stuff enjoying some time some downtime just being busy as heck but a little bit of downtime with the family so god that's awesome dude i hope you're enjoying it with the boys man i am dude it's been good dude well dude thank you uh so much for being part of this i know you are one of the busiest men on the planet right oh, now and i you, love brother. that I'm for honored. you dude i love that for you you deserve every single good thing that ever happens to you dude. thank so, you i feel the same way about you brother i okay, love you man we are the epitome of opposites attracting yes. being, and then finding out you're a lot alike yeah, ain't that like, how that works heck, dude i know ain't that yeah. crazy like ain't no way they're like big, like boys you know? yeah yep, so we are, no, for real Have, what'd you say robin big yeah robin big baby <laughs> robin, robin big baby so well thank you dude i appreciate it man this has been episode eight uh thank you all for tuning in my man jelly Roll. You just uh, dropped a new album too. With, I did. With yeah. Chapel. With, yeah. Uh, Jellyroll615.com. We're going on tour. Tickets are available for most. We're about 89, 89% sold out. So please help me finish selling this out. It's the biggest tour of my life. It's huge. This, this is my Conor McGregor fight. Yes, dude. You um, deserve Also, it. while you're here, right here on Michael Chandler's YouTube channel, do us all a favor and take the time to click the link to subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the like button and leave a comment. These three things trigger the algorithms of YouTube. It's not a, a as the small town murder people say, it's not an ego thing for Michael Chandler. It's a help, help the boat float thing so please it takes two seconds just to put a couple fire emojis down there and a thumbs up my dude man Catch you, fire emojis bro yeah baby it just so drop something you know what i'm saying leave <laughs> us something dude it helps you talk crap it don't matter <laughs> it all triggers the algorithm just don't hit the down button hit the like up and say something dude, my dude man well, hey, i'm sorry wait we're gonna clip that we're gonna put it at the end of every single episode. every one of them dude i got you dude that's the one to use dude like comment subscribe like comment subscribe please help dude, the channel you're the man bro. Right, love Thank you brother you, thanks you, again mike yes sir thank Peace. you guys Appreciate y'all. Yeah, See you at the baby. Top.